0: Let's open our Bibles to the 36th Psalm. Psalm 36. The psalm may be broken down into three sections to help you understand it. David describes the wicked in the first four verses. And he speaks of them again in the last two. In between, he describes how God looks at him and his life. And gives many promised blessings there. Let's all rise together as we read the 36th Psalm in unison. Together. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes, until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. And thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings." They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, in thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart." Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Psalm 36 in three parts, verses 1 through 4, describing the wicked, verses 11 and 12 describing the wicked, and those wonderful verses in between describing the lot of the righteous, because they are described in the 10th verse as those that know God and those that are upright in heart. And those that know God and are upright in heart have the blessings that are described in verses 5 through 10. But let's start with the first four, because that's mainly what I want from this psalm, because it serves our need in Romans chapter 6, the last few verses. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart. Observation of others teaches us things about them. Solomon in Proverbs chapter 24 would tell us that he went by the field of the slothful and he looked at it and saw that its walls were broken down and thorns were grown up. And he said, I received understanding and I gained knowledge by looking at this farm that wasn't being maintained. I, I realized that the owner of this farm loves to sleep. And because he loves to sleep so much, poverty is coming after him like an armed man. No one's going to stop him. The man's going to end up in poverty. And Solomon gives us that little description there that you are able to look at the outward fruits and be able to tell what is in the heart of a person. And so here, the transgression of the wicked saith. A wicked man, when he sins says something. He says something and a righteous man in his heart is able to measure it by the scales of God's word and know something. And what he can know is that there is no fear of God before his eyes. Actions always are louder, better and truer than words. He that saith I know him, this is the second time I've used it today, 1 John 2, 4, He that saith I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Proverbs 20 and verse 11 would say, Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure, and whether it be right. You can tell anyone you want how much you love God. How content your conscience is in your choice. How much peace you have about what you have done. How close you are walking to the Lord. It is all a bunch of hot air. God doesn't give a rip about a single syllable of it. And neither do we. And neither should we. And neither did the psalmist. Because the transgression of the wicked spoke volumes. They have no fear of God before their eyes. Actions speak louder than words. We we know that. From a little idiom in our own language. There is no fear of God before his eyes. Such a person can say, I fear the Lord. Yes, I do. I fear God. But if you're sinning, you're proving that you don't fear God. Your words are worthless. You've lied to yourself because you're so deceived. It says that in the third verse. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He's lied to himself, and he's trying to lie to us. It doesn't matter. You measure them by their works. What are they doing? Because even a child is known by his doing. Verse 2. He flattereth himself in his own eyes. When men sin, they flatter themselves that either, I'm not going to get caught doing this, or, this is just a little one, or, I don't really believe the Bible means that. Or, God's not going to see this. Or, God loves me because I sing to Him on the way to work. And they flatter themselves in their own eyes. This isn't all that bad. I can get away with this, whether it's Jonah or Amnon. I can get away with this. He flattereth himself in his own eyes. Men never want to look at sin honestly, and Romans 6 is going to force us to look at sin honestly. What fruit had ye in those things of which ye are now ashamed when we were the servants of sin? Because the wicked, having rejected the knowledge of God, flatter themselves that they're going to be able to get away with things that they have heard others preach or others say that they should not do. I'm going to get away with this. Sorry. You won't get away with it at all. Because the second half of the verse says, Until his iniquity be found to be hateful. Every sin, all sins, shall be found hateful in the great day of judgment. And most sins will be found hateful before you get to judgment. Sin never pays. Sin is going to drag you down in this life and sin is going to drag you down in the great day of judgment when you stand before the holy and righteous judge of the universe. He flatters himself that he can get away with it. You flatter yourself that God approves of what you're doing though you're going against Scripture. It's going to be found to be hateful. Always in the day of judgment. Usually in this life as well. Let me read to you what... The wise man, the preacher, said about an adulterer. Just listen. You know, an adulterer, as he takes the liberties with one of the opposite sex that he has no right to, and has fantasized about the pleasures he or she is going to have, and sin will lie to you that adultery is full of pleasure, As he crawls beneath the sheets and feels all the wonderful thrill of sex with a new person. This is the result. Because sin will be found to be hateful in the great day of judgment. And it's going to be found to be hateful well before that. In most cases. Listen to the words. Hear me now therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house. Lest thou give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. And thou mourn at the last. When thy flesh and thy body are consumed and say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me. I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly. Does that sound like a guilty conscience to you? that was tormenting someone who thought that he could have an affair or some woman that thought she could have an affair. Listen to the torment. You give your honor away. You give years to the cruel. Strangers are filled with your wealth. Your labors are in the house of another person. You mourn at the last. Your flesh and your body are consumed. And you scream to yourself with an exclamation point, how I hated instruction... And my heart despised reproof, and I didn't obey all that I was taught. I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation. I had the privileges of being a child of God in his house, and I ruined it by sin. He flattereth himself in his eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. Sin doesn't pay. It'll tear you up from the inside out. Always in the great day of judgment, and usually in this life as well. Much more to say on this subject. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit, sinful lies. Everything that comes out of such a person's mouth is just a bunch of flattering lies. They've deceived themselves. They're trying to deceive you. We have heard such platitudes of idiocy in this church by those who have gone out from among us by telling us how close they are to the Lord. Those words are absolutely meaningless in heaven, and they're absolutely meaningless on earth. You are close to the Lord by the degree to which you are on the crown of the road of righteousness and to the speed with which you are transversing the highway of holiness. And if you wander off that road, you are in the congregation of the dead. You are out of the way of understanding. Don't lie to yourself and don't lie to us. We're not going to believe it. Why are you believing it? He hath left off to be wise. He stopped being wise because wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Right here in this book. Wisdom is hating evil. Wisdom is choosing to do what God has said, no matter what the cost might be to us. He's left off to be wise and to do good. He devises mischief upon his bed. They lay plans of what they're going to do, of what they want to accomplish, instead of what does God's word say to me. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. That is the flattery and the lying deceit of a sinner. He sets himself in a path that God's Word does not plainly justify. He's wrong. This is the wicked. David said, when I see a man's sin or a woman's sin, I can realize they don't fear God, and this is what they've done. They're lying to themselves. They're flattering themselves. That sin is going to turn out to be very hateful. It's going to tear their lives up, and they're going to give an account for it in the great day of judgment. But here's, And he says at the end, let not the foot of pride come against me. These wicked men, David had lots of them in his life. And here's an imprecatory prayer, meaning calling down God's judgment on them. Let not the foot of pride come against me. Let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. That's what David had to say about the wicked. But here's what he has to say about the righteous. And I want to point it again. Verse 10 tells us who the verses 5 through 10 are describing. Those that know God and the upright in heart. Here's what it says. Listen and rejoice. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Not toward the men in the first four verses, but toward the upright in heart. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God, With an exclamation point in our King James Bibles. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. What children of men put their trust under the shadow of God's wings? Only those that are upright in heart. Verse 10. Verse 8. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. God is going to lead us beside the still waters and in green pastures and make us drink of the rivers of His pleasures. When we're upright in heart, when we're not like the first four verses, when we are like verse 10, this is the lot of the righteous. Rejoice, my brethren. They shall be abundantly satisfied. The greatest satisfaction in life is when you are walking with the Lord and loving Him, His kingdom, and His people and loving righteousness and keeping them, keeping righteousness. That's the greatest satisfaction. Discontentment, disillusionment, and unsatisfaction is the result of sin. Oh, what a verse. What a verse. Verse 9, for with thee is the fountain of life. Ponce de Leon, the Spaniard idiot that he was, thought he could find the fountain of youth. He wasn't an idiot because he was a Spaniard. He was an idiot because he was looking for the fountain of youth. Do you know what? We have the fountain of youth right here. This is the fountain of life. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we shall see light. Jesus came that the sheep might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We can have a more abundant life in this world and the world to come. It's for the upright in heart. In thy light shall we see light. The world wanders and staggers around in darkness. Where does the light come from for our lives? From Him, O oh, continue Thy loving kindness unto them that know Thee. Keep it going, O Lord. You've been so good to me. You've satisfied me so well. I've been drinking of the rivers of Your pleasure, but keep it coming. Right. Keep it coming. This, this, it's not wrong to pray that way. Keep it coming, O Lord, unto them that know Thee and Thy righteousness to the upright in heart. May the Lord bless Psalm 36 for us to realize we don't want to be in the first four verses nor in the last two. We want to be in those middle six. Lord bless us to be there. And let us learn what we're about to hear from Romans chapter 6. That sin doesn't pay now. What fruit had ye then? How much more do I need to say? I'll say it. Just give me a few minutes.